Happy Christmas Eve, everybody. You'll be listening to this episode a little after Christmas Eve because I'm obviously recording it on Christmas Eve, but it's not going to get edited till maybe Christmas Day and released on Christmas Day. So actually, screw it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all those things. Hanukkah's over though, right? I think Hanukkah <laughs> is over, yes. I know nothing about... Or maybe like, it's over tonight. Is it over tonight? I think. I know nothing about like the uh, other religious holidays during December besides Christmas. And there's a war on Christmas right now and we need to stop it. <laughs> what do you think about that stuff? Like the war on Christmas and... I don't know much about it. What do you mean the war on Christmas? There's so like ultra conservative Christians have always said there's a war on Christmas because oh, you know how people say like happy holidays and things like that. Uh, They're taking Christ yeah. out of Christmas and yeah. it's just over commercialized and the meaning of Christmas is gone. I think you just need to let people do what they want to do. I agree. And then you get the um, the Wiccan community that it's isn't it like it goes back into the that that was a pagan holiday, a pagan holiday yeah. or Wiccan pagan. I don't know the difference. I I know they all are out there and everyone worships their own little thing. And, and they're but all fighting I, about it. But I, I'm with you. Just, you know what? Do do what you want to do. If you want to be like the over-commercialized American like I am and I just go out and buy stuff during December, do that. Or if you want to just love Christ and have the power of him within you, do that. Yep. Right. Um. This is going to be a little bit of a mixed episode because I kind of want to talk about the holidays since it is uh, Christmas Eve as we're recording this. But we're also going to take a step back to last weekend where Summer had her 35th birthday. And for her 35th birthday, I was like, we're going to go somewhere. And we went down to Zion National Park in southern Utah, right outside of St. George and all those. Canab is down there. Uh, um, I was going to say Hanksville. That's not right. N- no, the Springdale is the city that's right before the Zion's Park entrance. Yes. But and then there's that, what is the one that's, it's the city, the turnoff, Tokerville. Tokerville. Thank you. Yes. Like, what is that place called? So we're going to we're going to talk about that. That's how we're going to uh, open up this episode and maybe we'll get into some holiday stuff as well. Um, but me and Summer uh, last weekend ventured down to Zion National Park. I had never been to Zion before. Summer had. Um, but you went during the summer season. It was terrible. Right? Yeah, there were so many cars. I I honestly thought, how do people do all these hikes here? I don't see any place to first of all pull over because of how populated it was um you could do the shuttle but then it's like it's so overcrowded in the summertime you can't really enjoy anything and then I think I told you that I had never gone the scenic way I guess there's like a scenic route which is where you and I went Mm -hmm. but we had only gone through like the canyon to get out to the I think it was the Kanab side wasn't it yeah yeah past that so I had never been to where you and I went. Because during the summer, that's closed down to only the bus traffic. So, right. So yeah, they close. So the way Zion National Park is set up is there's two entrances to the park from my knowledge. There is the entrance that comes from the Kanab direction, which would be southeast Utah. And then the south 
west portion. You come down through Tokerville yep. into Springdale, which is like a little semi-quasi art community before you actually enter the park. And the only reason Springdale exists, I think, is because Zion sits there. And it's like a miniature, well, a smaller park city, basically. Yeah, it, it totally is. I mean, you get you have the uh, like three or four photo galleries on there, um, hotels, mo- no motels. I didn't see any no, motels, but hotels, uh, Airbnbs, uh, bed and breakfast type stuff. And like five restaurants. And five restaurants. And the most exorbitant price gouging i have seen in utah with one store i thought park city was expensive so did i park city don't got nothing on springdale utah (laughs) we so and so the difference between the winter season that we went and the summer season is like summer just uh said you know (laughs) tons of people it's utah has we have arches national park zion national park um we have five of them. What are the other ones? Mm. Dinosaur, oh no. Is Moab a national park? I think no, because our, well, it's, maybe. I, one moment. I'm going to look it up. Canyonlands is one. Bryce Canyon National Park, Bryce too, Canyon. right? Yes. Let's then, see. I'm going to look this up. But uh, Utah, we have the most national parks out of any state, I believe. I think you're right. Utah National Parks. Let's see. I want to see the whole list here. Do, 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 do. Uh, okay. I I will let the cookies run on. Why do they call them cookies? I don't know. Okay. So here we are. We Northern Utah sucks. <laughs> it's all in Southern Utah. Yes. So we have Capitol Reef National Park, right. Bryce Canyon, Zions, Canyonlands and Arches, all Southern Utah. Northern Utah is all state parks. Southern Utah is where all the national parks are. And the reason that the national parks, I would say, reside in Southern Utah is because Southern Utah has a geography that is of its own. Yes. There's nowhere else in the United States that has landscape that looks like this. And a really cool thing is if you don't even want to go to a national park, there are a ton of other offshoot areas that resemble some of these. Like Bryce Canyon National Park is very similar to Cedar Breaks right out of Cedar City. Um, Canyonlands, I would say just mm, west of Canyonlands. Dead is Horse Point, isn't it? Dead Horse Point. And then you have, um, mm, uh, what was that place we went to with all the phallic looking oh 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 goblin valley goblin valley and hanksville is right outside of moonscape yes and that place is, is incredible. to this date it's still my favorite landscape i've seen in utah moonscape Same. is unbelievable is and i can't believe it's not a national park because it is gorgeous it is and surreal and they have the mars research center down there which um is of its own the bentonite hills and that's just a totally different world yes and that's that's why they come to utah to film so many films because we have a vast array of landscapes you can go like 20 miles one direction and have something completely different right and i just went off on a tangent but i originally looked this up so we have one two three four five national parks in utah zions is the most popular national park and 
like Summer was saying, she went during the summer. That's so funny to say that. Summer went during the summer. <laughs> um, it was terrible. people everywhere. Yeah. You and like you couldn't even go into any of the stores because of how many people were there. I, I believe you. I mean, I've never been there. But um, like I said, there's the two entrances. The main entrance is where Springdale is, yeah. the most popular area to come into the park. And we, I decided let's go in the winter because I had heard it's just outrageous. You always see those stories on like Instagram, like what Instagram versus reality. Yes. And yeah, it's, it is a very popular park. They said, I can't remember. Um, I was reading somewhere how many people visit it nationally during the summer months. It's an astronomical number. I can't remember it. And like the other thing that you mentioned is it's when we were there, you were like, it was so hot when you guys were there. Yes. Like even the car with the AC, it wouldn't cool down the car enough. Like you had to AC on windows down because of how hot it was. You just can't beat the heat there. Yeah. So, and when we went, we went down there, we were expecting it to be really cold, but we got blessed with 50 degree days. Yeah. It was so nice. And to our Southern friends in like Arizona, New Mexico, Southern Texas, California, that's cold. But when you're from Northern Utah, that's actually, that's like shorts and t-shirt weather. It's a beautiful fall day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except we missed the fall colors. We did. But most, barely. Most of the trees were bare, but that created for interesting photography because you love photographing dead trees. Yes, I do. Or the dead tree look. Um, but we arrived, so we got out of town super late because we had the most hectic. Oh, hectic Lowe's experience. Yes, that was terrible. If you ever have to order flooring avoid Lowe's West Valley store because they are god awful and they don't know what they're doing there. But their installers were great. Our installers were great. I actually got a message from that guy today. Okay. Yeah, he wished us a happy uh, holiday and I was like, that's awesome. Like, that is cool. Our ins- installation crew was amazing. Our Lowe's experience at West Valley was god awful. They won't answer their phones for you. Don't try. They that's won't answer their phones for you. They will make up they will make you look up your own product. They will berate their store employees who were newbies. And trying to help. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, we ordered these floors in October October with a guaranteed installation date before Thanksgiving. And we didn't even get them installed until last week. Now that it's done, I am so happy we got it done. But it was a nightmare. But it got us out of town extremely late. We didn't leave till what? 2 30 3 o'clock yeah yeah it was actually it was like closer to four yeah because we were talking about getting on the road by 3 30 in order to make it down there by nine which is when they closed their office and we didn't hit the road until about four o'clock yeah you're right because by the time we hit like provo it was dark and rush hour was like we were in the middle of rush hour yep we were in the middle of rush hour but we got down there yes and had the most unfriendly Chinese food experience I've ever experienced. Like I was so rude. They're usually like every Chinese restaurant I've ever been to in the Valley. Super nice. And, and this was authentic Chinese food. 
I mean, one of the guys knew no English, which was hilarious because me and Summer walk into this and they're not closed yet. We walked in about 30 minutes before. Yeah. And he like looked at us and was just like visibly irritated. And we're like, he didn't even say we couldn't sit down. Like we ordered food and he just like stared at us. Well, no, because you asked him. Oh, yeah. You said, you said, you know, can we dine in? And, he's and he like, said, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're almost closed. No. I'm like, you got 30 minutes, dude. And, like, what do you mean? And then we were looking at the menu and I wanted sweet and sour pork. And he was like, no. <laughs> well, you'd left because I think you went to go and like. Up oh, to the room. yeah. I went to. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was telling me he's come back. And he's like, we don't have pork. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have pork? And it's like I, half your menu. Yeah, I was like, okay, you don't have pork ready and you don't want to cook it is what it is. And so then I had to call you and I was like, do you want the sweet and sour chicken or do you want something else? And I think you got orange chicken. Yeah. Because I was just, he's like, yeah, there's chicken, but there's no pork. And like literally, I think he we get our food and then we this one guy we asked for uh, plasticware because obviously we don't have silverware with us. We're traveling. And he just stared at us. And then he's like, uh, and, he went and got the other guy and he comes up again, visibly pissed. He like looks at us. He's like, what do you want now? You stupid white people. <laughs> and then I'm like, do you have any silver? It's in the bag. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> so, but the, the food was good. It was good. And there was a lot of it. I think he was just like, put whatever's left in the thing. Yeah, and just dump it in there. Shit ton, but yeah, he was just like, get out of my restaurant. Yeah. He was not nice <laughs> at all. And then. We ate and we go out on the town, which is Springdale. This is the one downfall to Zion in the winter months. Everything is closed. Mm-hmm. Or, and if it is not closed, it closes super early. But we needed something. I can't remember. Oh, toothpaste. You forgot. I, I, I forgot a toothbrush. That's right. And so we went to the only place that was open, which is the one market in town, Another rude experience. Totally rude. Well, first we get in there and I'm I'm already like offended at the price. <laughs> I know you're like everything. You're like the orange juice here is like eleven dollars. The 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 merchandise for like the Zion merchandise wasn't bad. Reasonably priced. But the food and drinks, like monster energy drinks were like six bucks. For one. For one. Usually it's like two for six yeah. in the valley here. Orange juice. For a quart of orange juice. It was like 11 bucks. Uh-huh. And I think the milk prices were like $5 a gallon. It's like they don't want you buying your own food, so they encourage you to go to the restaurants. I think it's cheaper yeah. to eat at the restaurants. I yeah. really do. And then we ran into another rude individual there. I am very nice, sociable person, and the girl comes to ring us up. I say, you know... How, how's your night going? Something like that. I can't even remember. Yeah. She didn't even acknowledge me. She said, five cents for plastic. The boxes are free. That was it. Didn't say a word to me the rest of the night. I didn't was like, even look at you as she said it. She's just like ringing your stuff up. Just like, and I was just like, oh my God, what is going on with this town? I was literally like, if this is setting the tone for our visit here, we're not going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, everyone else we ran into in Zion was extremely nice. Um, we had a experience at a rock shop. That girl was really nice. Oh, yeah, she was really nice. She had a cute doggy too. Mm-hmm. She had that really cute dog. And then we had the 
one of the most amazing burgers I've had. That was so good. I can't remember what was the name of that park. It started with the, a C. It was like the Copper or the Copper Park or some weird thing. Yeah, something. It's like the a big burger joint there, and they were the juiciest burgers. I was actually when we went in there, I was really disappointed by the menu because that's all they had. Yeah, remember it was just burgers. And I was looking for pasta the you whole were, time we were down there. I wanted tried. pasta. <laughs> we and, went to this pasta place that looked open. Yeah. And they just weren't. Nope. They weren't. And we like, there were some other individuals there. And I was like, I just want the pasta. And they were like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But uh, that food was really good. But uh, like Summer was saying, it's cheaper to dine at the restaurants than it would be to cook your own food, which was just mind boggling to me. Because you and I had talked about originally, you know, taking up an ice chest, packing your own food so we weren't spending money. But we didn't understand that it was going to be like that. And Well, and then when we finally got out of town, we were just like, we're just going to just it's, screw we're, done. we're going. Yeah. Um, but Zion's Park in itself during the winter, most everything is still open. There's there's a couple things that are closed. Um, and obviously one of the most uh, famous attractions of Zion is going to be a lot colder, and that is... Angel's Landing? No, no, no. Oh. I'm talking about where you go get wet. The Narrows. Oh, duh, the Narrows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were, those were open. No, those, those were open. I just said it was a lot colder. Oh. It's going to be a lot colder because the water is not yeah. frozen, but what it, the water was like 40, 40 degrees. 40 degrees, yeah, that's what that guy said. And he's like, yeah, and the current's really fast, so good luck. Yeah, and it was like... We went to the beginning of the Narrows place. We're going to do it again when we yes. go back down and actually rent the gear. You can rent it from this place called Zion Outfitters yep. down there. Um, but before we left, now anyone who knows Zion knows that it is the home of what is known as the one of the most dangerous hikes in North America. Yes. The un, only other one that would be up there would be um, half dome yes. in Yosemite. And that one, I don't think I'm even going to try. That one looks scary, but at least there's not like a ledge. That's true. And you can clip in. You can clip in too. Yeah. But it's on granite. So it's super slippery. So people die there all, not all the time, but have lost their lives on uh, half dome. And then people have lost their lives at uh, Angel's Landing. Now, Angel's Landing has become so popular due to Instagram and uh, influencers and stuff like this because that's just the way of the world now. <laughs> and it really gained popularity around COVID times. Yes, it did. Because everyone was outside. Yep. So now you have to put in for a uh, a, a lottery... Permit type deal. Permit type deal. Can you explain how that goes? Yeah, so... We, I guess that they did the cutoff for the lottery in October and then they drew the last of the season in November. So when you and I had gone to book it, it had already been done. So mm -hmm. You can apply for the day before where you have to, you can apply from midnight till three the day prior and then they'll email you whether or not you got it. And yeah, that was basically it. And we got it. We put the lottery in and we got it. And I was hoping we weren't going to get it. <laughs> was <laughs> I was secretly like crossing my fingers like, and when you were like, we got it. I was like, shit, know, <laughs> we have to actually so do this. You were like, I was really hoping that we weren't going to get it. I was like, me too. <laughs> now, let me preface this hike to Angel's Landing in itself. It's, uh, it's not the hardest hike. 
but it's gonna it's not for the faint of heart with hiking either because the the whole trail system up there is paved the whole way you're never on dirt till you reach the top but the switchbacks oh my god are endless we went up the first set of switchbacks and i was huffing and puffing and dying and then i had mentioned i was like ah those switchbacks kicked my butt and then this guy passing us was like, huh, those aren't even the worst ones. And I was <laughs> no, like, all I was right, like, let's oh, turn around. No. <laughs> um, real quick, though, before you start the Angel's Landing hike. So the Angel's Landing hike, it takes, it's two miles to that area. Oh, yeah. Because it's a four mile in and out. And then Angel's Landing itself is a quarter of a mile, I uh, believe. I think it's a half. A half a mile. Uh-huh. So the first area you go to is called Scout's uh, Lookout. Yeah. Or Scouts Overlook, something like that. And you do not need a permit to go there. But if you're hiking Angel's Landing, they check you in. So have your permit on your phone when you get it. Don't forget your phone. And screenshot it. And screenshot it because you don't have cell... Well, there's very limited cell service in that area. And they're going to check it once at the bottom to check you in. And then there's a park ranger at the top that doesn't let you pass. And you need your ID. One person. The the person that that registered. Yeah. Yep. Um, there wasn't an age limit or anything, which was mind boggling to me as well, because like we said, it's very easy hike in the essence of grip and path with, it's not even a trail. It's like a path, like it's a paved path the whole way up. But there are severe drop-offs for children. So yes, if you have kids with you or idiots, (laughs) I'm going to just say it because there are always those moron friends. I have some, we all have them that like, Ooh, you know, these are ledges with thousand foot drops Yes, and they're beautiful, amazing ledges that just, you look out over this landscape and it's It's like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. But snow, ice, wind, rain, all those elements, they're going to add that. And as we're hiking, I'm already getting a little bit of anxiety. I'm not a huge, I'm not like really afraid of heights. I did the fire academy. We had to do ladder drills, all this stuff. I'm afraid. You did better than me on Angel's Landing though. I did. So when we, so getting up there, I was already like, man, I'm getting nervous, man. Cause I've seen these videos of Angel's Landing. And then we get to the top and there it is. There's this big national park sign and it has a, it, it starts off with, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically this many blank people have died on Angel's yes. Landing either this, this year. year or something like that. Or in like the past five years or something like that. And I think right now, since they implemented the counting, it's up to 13 people have lost their lives on Angel's Landing. Yeah. And just seeing that 13 number, I was like, this is, because oh, I'm a little superstitious. <laughs> Which is so funny because like I'm not huge into ghosts or things like that, but my superstitions are super high. Yes. So I'm like, it's the number, it's their time. That's a saying something. We're gonna die. But we we get to the check-in point with the ranger, and I'm like, I got this, I got this. I'm like, and then we start hiking, and I realize how it's. I don't know um, how to explain it. It's like sandstone. Yeah, it's really slick rock. It is. 
And the first section of chains is already wigging me out. And that's nothing. It's yep. nothing. And there's this old guy, mm-hmm. probably, I mean, not old. He was like mid fifties, maybe. Probably. Yeah. And his uh, wife who was absolutely hilarious. She's like videoing me, you, herself, you know. She got her selfie stick with her phone on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and she's got it out as long as it, it's. Yes. She's probably got this selfie stick, I would dare say 15 feet in the air. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, how are you going to manage that thing yourself and these chains this whole time? And she did. Yeah, she did great. Yeah. These people put me to shame you and me both that guy was just like oh okay this is nothing he was like trying to encourage me the whole way i think he's seen the fear on my face i think so too and i'll never forget what you said to him too let you go first so you find all the slippery spots i was like oh i did (laughs) if i was that old guy i would have been like what (laughs) no there there are chained sections along angel's landing that you can hold on to And I highly recommend you hold on to them because like we were saying, it's slippery sandstone that has like sand on it. So it's slick. So don't wear tennis shoes. Wear hiking shoes with good grip. Don't take worn out boots, shoes, whatever. You will slip. And I also recommend don't do what I did. I brought my camera bag with lenses and it was heavy. So like I don't, you get that vertigo feeling. Because you are on the ledge and you look down and you start to feel. Yeah. And when we got to chain section number two, that's when I was like, I ain't going to finish this. I already knew. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to keep going because this old guy is just telling me, come on. And he was very encouraging. He was awesome. He was. was, Yes, he was. He was a dude. He was. Like, he was very encouraging. His wife was laughing the whole time. And I'm sitting here and my heart is probably at like 120 beats per minute. And that's not because I'm overexerting myself. I'm just terrified. Yeah. But you were right, though. It With the camera bag and everything, when you're doing that and you're so close to the edge, you just feel so off balance. You're like, this thing's going to drag me off. You do. And we got to chain section number two. That one wasn't too bad either. We went through four sections of chains. Yeah. Chain section three is when I really wigged because that is like, I would say the pitch was probably greater than a 45 degree angle. Yeah. You're just looking straight down. And it is, you're done, dude. 1500 feet. And there's like maybe four inches for you to walk on. Yeah. Maybe. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's more than that, but it's not viable. Right. Like from the chain to that section, you're right. It is so like your feet And this, this is when I really wigged out was I started realizing, hang on a second. There are multiple people on this. I'm going to have to let go of this chain or someone else is going to have to let go. Cause it's a one way in and out trail. It's not rounded. So you've got to navigate across people or around them or go on the other side of the chain, dip under it to let people pass. And yeah, you saying that, I was like, oh, no, it'll be fine. And then like, as we continued going and it got thinner and thinner, I was like, he's right. And this is, this is going to suck if we keep going because I would be like, I'm not letting go. You let go. Yeah. Like a standoff. <laughs> yeah. 
And we, we got through our four sections of chains and then we got to this section where it widened, but now you have to ascend another like 45 degree angle with no chains. On slick rock. Slick rock scrambling. You can't walk up this. You got to... And you got to walk like a, on all fours. Yes. And it was also very vague on where the next chain section was because people were like, oh, well, you got to climb up the rocks and then you got to go that way. And we ran into that really nice Indian couple yes. and they said they had gone up a little farther and they said that that was our experience. We're At coming back. Landing. That was our angels landing. And I, I'd seen them and I was like, okay, screw this. I ain't going on anymore. And summer was like, I'm still going and I'm like, you have at it. I'll hold your camera bag and everything down here. You ascended. Yep. And, and then, then you I couldn't see any. I just saw more rocks. And I was like, I'm going to have to keep going up that. And then I looked down and I was like, how am I supposed to get down from this? And then I was like, okay, I can keep going. And I went a little further. And I was like, I still can't see chain. And I was like, no, I'm done. Because I'm not going to keep going over these rocks, not knowing where I'm going. And when I have to come back down on this, I'm going to fall. I am a freaking walking accident anyways. <laughs> and so I was just like, nope, nope. So I turned around and got down, scooted down on my butt because it was slick. And yeah. And then we turned around and went back. And on our way back, we ran into people. And that's where I freaked out. My hand was like shaking shit. on the chain. So <laughs> I was like, I'm out of here, dude. I have never seen you terrified. And that was it. And a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, you wimp. Hey, I tried it. I knew my limits and I turned around and even the park ranger guy was like, I'm glad you knew your limits because we get people that get stuck out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't want to be one of those people. So I'm glad it's something that we did. I would like to do it again. Now knowing. Now knowing I'm not taking my heavy camera bag. Yep. I'm just going to take a GoPro and a water pack and that's it Yep. Um, and then try it again because most of the people that were ascending that were way more well prepared than us they didn't have these big heavy bags things of that nature they, they like were water bottles mm -hmm. except it. that girl with her selfie stick and all this other yeah. stuff she had a gopro on her hand a selfie stick with her cell phone in the air she was doing everything and she's just like like nothing like at first she was scared because the guy, like, she was sitting in the back. He's like, do you want me to wait for you or should I just keep going? And she's like, no, go. Wait, wait, wait. And then, like, she caught up with it. Yeah. And then she was fine. But then you and I were fine and then we weren't. So it was like a switch. Yeah, it totally. I wouldn't, no, no, no. I wasn't fine from the moment we changed. I, I was <laughs> I was fine. just hiding my fear pretty well. You, you did hide it really well. <laughs> I didn't realize until I saw your hand shaking on the chain. And I was like, oh shit, like you're terrified. Yeah, I was like, I want off this yeah. ledge. And um, so that was our experience with Angel's Landing. Now, you can actually go higher than Angel's Landing, and that's where we went. Yes. To a much wider path and a really cool lookout. Angel's Landing, you get to see the whole valley. And yeah. from where we went, you get to see the top of Angel's Landing, but you don't get to see the valley. Yeah. So I would love to try Angel's Landing again, just get a lot more courage. And I think just the experience and knowing I can do better next time. Yep. But um, even if it's like a gradual, we do it like over five years. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, and I want to parachute on my back <laughs> <laughs> or a clip in. 
Well, you can't clip in. You can't at all. They're, those chains are way... I mean... You would just have to like clip, move, clip, move. Yeah. And the another scary thing is I was feeling some of those poles. They it were was, wobbly. Yeah. They weren't sturdy. Like in I was there. like, I think this is just... I don't think these chains do crap. Like I think if you fall and held onto those chains, you would rip them out of that sandstone. And then the whole mountainside will go. Yeah. Well, and that happened in Zion's... Oh, yeah. A month or two before we went yeah, at Weeping, Weeping Rock. Rock, the whole rock base fell and stranded a bunch of people for hours and created a huge mess because that trail was closed yep. when we were down there. And um, but yeah, that that our Angels Landing dude, I totally was like, it was beautiful though. It was gorgeous, gorgeous. And um, the one thing that surprised me is one. The the fact that anyone can hike it, really, you just got to put in for the... There's no age limit, no nothing. Yeah. I would never take anyone under the age of 16. Yeah. Just, like, little kids and stuff. Yeah. Like, And there were some younger kids doing it. There were. I was like, you people are crazy. I would have my child on a leash. Like, I... Not me, because if they go, then I'm going with... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> no, but... um. The overlook we went to was beautiful as well. Was it like the West Rim? I think it was called the West Rim or something. And uh, so that was our Angel's Landing experience. And that hike in itself, God, I think I clocked in 20,000 steps somewhere around there. Yep. And then I think we got more like towards the end of the day. We didn't walk a lot more because we were both so sore Mm -hmm. after that. But. I was sore just simply because I shook like I was. You like tensed up. Mm-hmm. The entire yeah. Yep. And then that was our first day experience was the Angels Landing hike, the Scouts lookout, and then that West Rim. Once we got done with that, we uh, turned in for the night. No, we didn't turn in for the night. Did we? We went and got ice cream, didn't we? That's right. We at did. that. Uh, no. Yes, we did. We went and got ice cream at that. Uh, that place. I can't remember the name of that place either. Or the bee, like Bumble, Bumble Bumblebees. Bumblebees? Yeah. Yeah, it was a locally owned restaurant, ice cream shop, theater, and store. That place was cool. It was really cool. The food sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. But, but there was tons of it. Mm-hmm. It that was, was like... Uh, Porter's, right? I think it was called Porter's yeah. inside of Bumblebees. But the food, I didn't like the food. But the service was good. The people were nice. Yeah. The coffee was good. The coffee was really good. But the food, ooh. <laughs> but um, then the next day we did the... We went to the Narrows area, remember? Mm-hmm. It was, I don't remember what that trail was called. I think it's called the Scenic River Trail that leads to the Narrows. That's right. We were so lucky, too, to get a parking spot. Oh, my God. We are in this line of, like... <laughs> I want to say 20 cars or so. And everyone, they're so, people are parking wherever. They're, they're not even abiding by the rules. They're just like, screw this. There's a little open dirt area. I'm parking here. Yep. And we are in this line just by happen chance luck. Someone starts pulling out and you just zipped right in there. I did. You're like, can you fit? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I got this. You put your little Jeep right in there <laughs> yes. and the person in front of us, I guarantee you, is so pissed. They were because they've been looking for a spot. They'd probably... They probably circled around. Yeah, I was like, going to say, they'd probably been in there for a while, like just trying. Yeah. Now that scenic uh, 
river walk. That was cool. That was really pretty. It was cool. Um, wildlife everywhere. And the mossy mountainside was just gorgeous. Yeah. Water dripping off of it and everything. And that leads to the Narrows, which I wish we could have done, but we didn't even think about the Zion Outfitters place. No. Because I started noticing everyone was wearing the same gear. Yep. And then we asked that couple and they were like, yeah, it's 50 bucks per person. They give you like these. It's like waiters. Yeah. Yeah, Waterproof waiters, waterproof shoes. And then the walking stick. And a walking stick for 50 bucks. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. And then you get to go through the Narrows, which... I we didn't get to do we seen the opening and it looks pretty amazing and the fact that it goes up to your chest I was like we could do it but that's gonna be and it was obviously winter time we would have yeah. froze our asses off yeah they the people said it was really cold yeah even with the waders and stuff on I'm surprised how deep the water was when it's during the winter I know because they were coming out with water up to their chest yep I was like wow and that's that's some deep water but we're gonna do it we are next year we're gonna do it next year um and then we did uh one final hike before we got out of there and we did it at night yes we did what is it called the watchman mm-hmm. yeah yeah we went out there and did you did some uh milky way shots yes even though the milky way was not lined up in the right place because i was like okay so wait which way's north which way south and from everything that i saw it was going to be but i also didn't know which way the watchman would be facing mm-hmm. that was the one downfall and then the moon was out it wasn't a big moon but it still impeded the milky way yeah even with the moon out though i've never i've seen that many stars but the really cool thing about it was because zion's is a national park that's open i mean i think they're all open 24 7 yeah but it's the landscape against the dark night sky was so cool it was beautiful it was it was gorgeous and we hiked up we probably started hiking that with the sun had just barely set we were following like a bunch of college girls yeah who were they packed a bunch of alcohol and they went up there and started drinking you know what kudos to them because they were gone they were some of the fastest hikers I've ever seen. Yeah, they just zoomed right up yeah. that thing. And we were, it was them and us, and that was it that was hiking up. Everyone else was hiking down. And we had flashlights and everything like that. But still, when it's that dark, and again, there's ledges where you walk off, you're done. Yep. Step wrong once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's slick rock. I was more worried about like cougars or you something. You and me both. I was like, I was coyotes, like, cougars. We're going to get eaten out here. And then... It's so funny how like after dark, you just hear stuff mm-hmm. like no no matter what, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And those people, they got up there. We set up. I, I need to look and see if that time lapse came out, that oh, night lapse. Look. I didn't look at that yet. I'm sure it did. But we weren't up there too long before we decided, well, it's not going to. The moon's going to. Yeah. And it's not going to line up at all with the Watchmen anyways. And. It wasn't even because it was still dusk. You could still see the light from the sun like on the horizon. It wasn't dark enough anyways. And then I was like, okay, any later up here, then we're just going to be still impeded by the moon. Yeah. I was like, there's not going to be any point. And and the temperature drop. One thing people don't get about the desert that they don't understand is, yeah, you're in the desert, but it gets super cold when the sun goes down. It's not like... I don't know what it is about like landscapes, but just mu- it must be that rock up there doesn't hold heat very well. Yep. 
So that when the sun finally disappeared, I would say it dropped 15 degrees like that. It was like a night and day. Well, obviously night and day. <laughs> Literal <laughs> night and day difference. It was. And we hiked that down in the pitch black, a little we bit had- of moon. The headlamps. We were saving one just in case and then using... And I'm glad we did because guess the one died. The one did die. We need to get those replaced. Yeah, no, don't ever... Here's here's a learning point. Don't use rechargeable headlamps. Yeah. Take batteries and spare batteries. Like two different pairs. with like the cold because batteries drain so much quicker in the cold anyways and we would have been screwed. Yeah, if it would have... Uh, well, cause you, you were like, no, I would have still hiked in the dark. And I was like, I would have sat here. Yeah. I was like, because I didn't want to get you alive. But when we turned all the lights off just to show, like even with your eyes adjusting, it's dark and you'll roll your ankle. So yeah. if you do any night hikes, spare batteries, luckily we had our phone. So we made it down we did. well, but that was a really cool experience too, because the amount of shooting stars. Yes. And then when we got to the bottom, we could actually see the Milky Way. And it was a completely different area of the sky than we thought it would be. But we got some really cool shots. Yeah, I didn't get any Milky Way shots, but I got some cool shots of the uh, mountains with the stars. And then you got some pretty cool Milky Way shots. I did. I got a couple of them. So all in all, our Zion adventure turned out excellent. You know, I enjoyed every hike we did. And... We were out from pretty much morning till night, all yeah. times. Yeah. And then I think after that, didn't we go get a coffee or something? No, we went and got a root beer float. Yeah, the root beer floats. And we also, during our second day there, we didn't start our hikes right away. We went to that really interesting um, oh, trading post. Yeah. The gift shop thing, trading post, yeah. Yeah, they had all sorts of different hot sauces and just really... like a old-timey town mm-hmm. kind of thing. They had it all set up, petting zoo. Really nice individuals that ran that as well. It was yeah. like, wasn't it like a Native American trading post or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was. They had a lot of really cool Native American stuff. Except their bathrooms had no lights. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't go in their bathroom. Yeah, I could, she's like, restroom's right over there. And I went in and the light switch didn't work. I was oh, like, God. great. Glad I have a flashlight. <laughs> but yeah, Zion is an amazing national park, and I highly recommend it to anyone that wants to go down there. You have a ton of stuff that's close by, too. Like you said, you have Tokerville Falls. Yes, I really want to go there some sometime again. I've only been once. Yeah, you have multiple hikes. You have the tunnel, which is really cool. Yeah, that tunnel was pretty awesome. Kind of sucked for your GoPro. Oh, because there's no light. Yeah. There's like, it's it's pitch black in that tunnel. No. They have little sections that they, they've cut out for light, but for the most part, it's it's darkness. And then driving through that into like the next town area, it's just pretty landscape everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mountains. And then you can get out on the side of the road and like we did wander a little bit off the side and it was just really super pretty. Yeah. And for wintertime, it was... I won't. I wouldn't say it was super crowded, but it was crowded enough on the road to where you have to be a little careful because there's some people that like to drive around there like they're racing. Yep. We were in your Jeep, which has no power. None. Because it's all torque. It's, it's all got, meant for. It's got some climb. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun experience. It was, but that was one of those where you need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I was like, I came back. I was like, I'm so sore. Well, and we had done so much leading up to that. We had to get all the baseboards switched over back yeah. here because that was a nightmare. But it ended up being a very, very fun uh, adventure down to Zion National Park. So any photographers, adventure people, families, highly recommend it. And I, I couldn't recommend it more as a wintertime excursion. And we both, you know, with being the wintertime, we on for the Angels Landing hike, we packed on like the winter clothes. Don't do it because it started out cold. But you and I ended up taking off our jackets and... Yeah, if it's above 45 degrees, just oh. bring a light jacket. You don't need all the coats and stuff. because so many coats along the trail. Mm-hmm. People putting rocks on them and just going with it because, yeah, you didn't need them. You just sweat your butt off because of those switchbacks. And I will tell you this. I watched a YouTube video. If there's any snow or ice, bring... Cramp- crampons? Crampons, I think. Yes. Yep. Because you need those. Because these switchbacks, no joke, there's a section of switchbacks on that. that There's 25 of them? I think so. I think there's 25 back and forth. They're really short, but they're really steep. Oh. And if, and I seen in this video they were doing it in the ice and snow. I'm surprised they don't close that down. I am too. But and it's also your safety is your responsibility. Yeah, they make that very well known on every one of their things. Your safety is your own responsibility. And we it was funny because when we got back for the night, we started watching a bunch of videos about Angels Landing. And there was like national park uh safety experts and stuff that were like, "We don't even know why they allow people to hike on this. It's too much of a uh, hazard hazard and yeah. liability and but isn't that also part of the reason why they implemented the permit system? I think so. Yeah. And because it was getting so crowded. And it's that would be a very dangerous hike with the amount of people that were on it before the permit system. Because yeah. it, making that switch off between people would be extremely hard. It would be. And I think... So I, I went back and I afterwards watched some more videos on Angels Landing. And... That whole Instagram versus reality, one of those ones popped up. And in the summertime, it's insane. I, I, I wouldn't even go near it during the summer because of how many people. Like, it's it's like a line for a store of just waiting and waiting on people to move. And if you have anyone that's frozen on that line. Oh, yeah. There's a section in that trail that's chain and ex- drop off. Yep. And like that, you're not passing anyone. You gotta, you're going to have to wait. Um, going with a little bit of a holiday theme. Hmm. As a child, what was your worst Christmas and what was your best Christmas? Hmm. That's tough. Worst Christmas. Hmm. Do, do, I do, know, right? Do, I'm like, do. this is so hard. <laughs> I could say one of my best ones was it was like the first time that we kind of knew about my uncle. Um, we didn't have a lot of contact with him prior to, and he got us all kinds of really cool, like back to school stuff, backpacks and stuff like that. And that was like a really awesome introduction to him and like that side of the family. Cause before that we mostly hung out with my dad and 
then we started to get to know like my aunt robin my uncle ron and he was the one that like gave us backpacks we're like who are these from and my mom's like oh it's from your uncle ron and we're like we have an uncle ron like we had no idea and so that one was really cool because it was like a double gift we got gifts from him and we got a new family member that's cool yeah um one of the worst ones while you're thinking mm-hmm. my best christmas was i was eight or nine and i remember i had coveted this tower crane i was like i gotta have this tower crane i wrote santa you know the list of toys i wanted and when i woke up on that morning my parents santa claus had got me that tower crane and i always remember that christmas just like you know vividly because that was like the coolest toy and it's so funny because i watch what kids get now and when they get like toys they're not as excited they want the electronics they want the virtual money money is a huge thing i never got money as a that that started coming to me when i was like "Mm," after i was told santa wasn't real anymore but before then i never got money I got, I only got money, like I would get it on, on Christmas sometimes because we would go and visit our dad like before or after all the holidays and that was his gift always was just here, here's some money, go buy something. Um, but I, there was actually another Christmas that is memorable is when I got my first N64. Oh my God. The thing was amazing. I loved it. I re- I got that too. I got that on so my N64 came to me on my worst Christmas. Really? It was the Christmas that magic was lost. Aww. When you finally figure out the Santa Claus. Spoiler alert for any children. Stop this episode now. <laughs> when Santa Claus is not real. You know, that's actually going to have to be my worst Christmas too. And I remember that vividly as well because we used to go. So we used to go to my grandparents for Christmas and I remember my mom and dad would go there and I would always go down to the basement. My grandpa had his computer area set up and my grandpa was in the air force and he, um, was just huge into like military stuff and things of that nature. And he would always set me up on his computer and there was this website. I don't know if they do it anymore, but NORAD, the North American, research and defense agency, something like that. They, they're the ones like responsible for protecting America's skies from Russia, China invaders of that sort. And they do this track Santa Claus thing. (laughs) And my grandpa would always set me up on that. And I remember watching it and being like, like as a kid, you start putting together like evidence, you know? And I remember seeing some gifts in my parents' closet that I happened on. And this was the year before. And then they were like, these are for Santa. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But my mom had said, he just delivered them a little early. He had so much to give. And then I remember watching the Snorad thing. And as a kid, it it finally clicked. I was like, he's flying way too fast to be visiting all these cities. (laughs) Like this, this can't be happening. And then I remember asking my mom, we were going home because they also used to always have Santa Claus stop by. And I put two and two together and I was like, this is my uncle. <laughs> I know this is my uncle. And I asked her about it and I was like, is Santa Claus real? And she was like, well, 
<laughs> it's time to break it to you, I guess, if you're questioning this. No. But you can keep the magic by still believing in him. And I just couldn't. <laughs> I like, you're no, like, no, I'm no, done. No, no, I'm done. But I got my Nintendo 64 that year and was like, well, it was supposed to be from Santa Claus, but it's clearly from you guys. So thank you. Yep. But... <laughs> As being the worst Christmas because it lost a little bit of that magic that Nintendo 64 was cool because it was the neon see-through green one, the Donkey Kong Adventure. freaking awesome. It was like, oh my gosh. And I always got systems late as a kid. I was always behind the eight ball. Whereas I'm getting a Nintendo 64, everyone's getting a PS2 and an Xbox. Yep. And I'm like... But I was, I didn't care. I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I got Donkey Kong 64. And it came with that red expansion pack yep. graphics card <laughs> reader. You remember those yes, things? Yes, I do. I think I still have one. Do you? Yeah. I kick myself in the ass all the time because I had that Nintendo 64 for two years. Then I traded it in at GameStop because I just had to have an Xbox. And now I look back on it and even the opened Nintendo 64 green Donkey Kong ones they're worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I sold that at GameStop to a GameStop employee for like 50 bucks cash. And now I look at them and they're in the $100. And then if you get a sealed one, they're thousands. Oh, yeah. And that was my best. No, that was my worst Christmas. But it wasn't like bad. Like it wasn't like the house burned down or anything like that. It's so funny, though, that you're like, when you're a kid, you start to put things together. Maybe I was willfully ignorant. I did not put together about Santa Claus. I actually remember now I was told Santa Claus wasn't real. By who? Aisha. Who? Oh, really? <laughs> My sister. Yeah, because I, I think that what it kind of boiled down to is we were talking about something. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for Christmas to come and blah, blah, blah. And she was like... I can. And I was like, why? And it was like something along the lines of, cause she'd been helping my mom like the last year before. And she's like, oh, that's just a lot of work. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you know, I'm like, what, what do you mean? What do I know? You know, Santa's not real. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she's just like, oh, summer, you're old enough now. Like you should know better. And I was just like, gutted i was like what he's not real hang on how old are you i can't even remember i was probably like 10 or 11 and yeah she was like 11 or 12 I was yeah like, damn I, it yep i was 11 when i finally figured out i remember it was fifth grade fifth or no it was fifth grade and it's around that age that usually most kids kind of figure out or and find out, yeah. get told, get their little bubble shattered. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. Sometimes I wonder if like they do that to religious people as well. What do you mean? Maybe there's a magical age like in your 60s that 70 <laughs> and like, 80 year olds are like, did you, you know, know God's, God's not real? real. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? What have I been do doing mean? all this for? You're We've... funding the church. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's so we, we were at a holiday party, your family holiday party um for Christmas Eve before and it's so interesting and really cool to watch kids that still have that magic though cuz it, it kind of brings some magic back for you it and does. like watching your little nephews like th they weren't getting any uh 
gifts from Santa Claus yet, but they get, they have that excitement and it's they're just on fire. The they're energy. just, yeah. And they're it's so like, cute. this is, this is cool. Like brings back memories for you as a child. Yep. But then it's also kind of depressing because it's like, you guys are going to figure it out soon. Well, m- not two of them, but I know your oldest nephew, oh, he's, yeah. he's getting to that age. age where I think he will be questioning or his like year. friends at school will be like you know santa's not real that's then, the worst i yeah. i remember those debates with the older kids no my mom says you're wrong you're not gonna get any gifts from santa <laughs> yeah he doesn't give gifts to those who don't believe yeah. you're like it's so righteous and you're like i am right and then you find out you're like god damn it they you're were like, right yeah and it's just like a slap to the face yep. like no <laughs> Oh man. Poor kids. Poor kids indeed. <laughs> but But it is fun to watch them open up that stuff and have that excitement. It's like living vicariously through them. I always the other thing I enjoy about the holidays is I always like getting other people gifts. I don't like gift cards. I don't like cash. We did a gift exchange and um I didn't really know the guy that I got assigned to and um, you had reached out to his mom and she was just like, get him a gift card or get him cash. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I'm glad I didn't because when he got his gift, he was really excited about yeah, it. He was it, to, that effort it takes to either get to know someone or, or get, try. try to get them something. And then seeing like, when you get cash, everyone's always happy. But when you get something that you're like, oh, wow, this yeah. is cool. It's always better, in my opinion. But so many people just, they do gift cards and cash nowadays. Now, I'm, I'm not faulting those people. It's just, to me, I don't enjoy doing that myself. Right. But I love getting cash. So if anyone out there wants to give me cash, <laughs> you're more than welcome to send it my way. I um, was actually really impressed with myself because I am the person that does not mind getting people gift cards. I only got one gift card. That was for you in your stocking. Oh, okay. I was like, you didn't give me a gift card. You actually are pretty thoughtful on gifts this year. I am, I am cameraed out now. You are cameraed out. I have every camera you could ask for. (laughs) You don't have a Canon yet. No, I don't want a Canon. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, that being said, I have every angle covered though. Yes. Action cam. Still cam, video cam, everything. Like this year is going to be the year for making videos. Oh, yeah. So if you guys don't already follow me, thanks, just photographer on YouTube. I always make uh, our adventure videos. There's a Zion one up. There is a Zion one up. You can see my hand shaking in the video. (laughs) You can see Summer. You not see, you can hear her saying, you're shaking. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've never won like... Some people try and hide fear. I just openly admit to it. Like, I don't care. Yep. You all can make fun of me. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. The certain things that scare some individuals that don't scare others. Clowns. Yeah, like we all have irrational fears. Like you don't like clowns. And they, lions. Lions? I have an irrational. I never knew this. Oh, yeah. I used to have nightmares growing up about lions. I had this recurring nightmare where there were lions on the rooftop and lions in the backyard just waiting for us to come out to eat us. 
And like when I go to a zoo, I always get an anxiety, like the lion enclosure is going to open and there's going to be lions on the loose. I hate zoos. <laughs> oh, clearly. Yeah. So lions and clowns are my irrational fears. So instead of lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, it's lions, clowns, and... Tigers. Tigers. <laughs> Any big cat. <laughs> Which is so funny because you're a cat person. I am. I love cats. Have you, besides in zoos, ever seen a lion or anything like that? No. Hmm. That's why it's so irrational. Yeah, I I've obviously don't live in Africa and, and have never ventured to Africa, but I have seen a large wild cat because I ran into a cougar once. Not ran into, but I probably had a um, 800 feet or so between me and the cougar. That would be so scary. I would freeze. It was terrifying. I used to work at uh, Kennecott as an EMT. Kennecott's a local mine here in Utah. It's the largest open pit mine in the world still to this date, I believe. And I used to work there as an EMT and I worked graveyard shift and I always remember everyone saying, watch out for the cougars at night because they're more nocturnal animals. They hunt from what I know at night yep. primarily. Um, and I remember us changing the numbers on the safety board. And I, out of the corner of my eye, caught this movement across the mine access road. And then like it was a quick movement and then it paused in the middle of the road and like hunkered down. And I'd seen it in my peripheral vision. And then when I met it with my forward vision, I was like, oh, my God, that's a cougar. Mm -mm. And it's like I said, it was probably about 800 feet away. That's still not far enough. No, because I know how fast those things can oh, yeah. move. And I did what you shouldn't do. And I booked it. I turned around and I hightailed it. Didn't even keep my eyes on it. And I could have been lunch for that cougar. And I mean, cougars, they'll they'll attack you. There's right. documented cases. And I'm, I'm not saying it's a regularity, but it's probably an irrational fear of mine because I've seen videos on YouTube of people encountering uh, mountain lions, cougars. There's quite a population here in Utah and it's becoming more and more prevalent of people having that run in with coyotes and cougars in the urban wild interface because we're building farther and farther into their home. And so they're coming down to hunt. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of cases of kids that go missing in uh, national parks and stuff. And a lot of the time it's because they'll find like their bones or stuff yeah. seasons later. I thought that was going to be us on that night hike. On Zion? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I was, uh, that's why I was packing. Yep. I pack on every hike I go on and it's not for people. It's for the animals. Yep. I pack in the city because of people and I pack for animals in the wild, such as bear and cougar. And I think I would be more terrified to encounter a cougar than a bear. I don't know about that. Like for me, that's the funny thing is like, I'm more scared and have the irrational fear about like any big cat. But I think if I saw a bear in the wild, I, I would not know what to do. I would be more terrified, I think. But then I'm always like, let's go photograph bears. And yeah, I was about to I say, know. you're the one always trying to talk me into. Trust me, my brain makes no sense. <laughs> Where do you want to photograph bears? Yellowstone. In Yellowstone? Mm -hmm. 
Yellowstone's grizzly, right? Yeah. Or do they have them both? They have both, I think. Uh, brown or black bear and mm-hmm. grizzly? I think brown is grizzly, and then black is just its own. Its own. Yeah. And now, isn't it that if you encounter a bear, the one that's going to actually cause you more problems is the, the black, black bear. bears? Say like if it's brown, lie down. And if it's black, fight back. Yeah, because they're more aggressive. They're, yeah, they're more apt to attack. Yeah, because I've seen videos of grizzly bears. Just walking by. Just walking by people in Yellowstone and Alaska and stuff. All those... There's a page that I follow. It's called Turons of Yellowstone. Oh, my God. It's so funny, though. People are dumb. Like, they're so stupid. They just get out, walk up to elk, walk up to bears. I'm like, what are you doing? And you see people washing their hands in, like, the, what do they call Like, the glacier pools or whatever, the heat pools. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you guys are crazy. Well, there, there are uh, examples of people falling into those. Yeah. And they don't recover your body when you fall in. You're bye-bye. Yep. That is your new resting place. It's kind of like Mount Everest. If you die on Mount Everest, you're your there. body is left there. If you fall into the... I can't think of the name of them right now, but the heat... Yeah, I can't think of the name of them either. Thermal... Thermal... Something, something like that. that. That's... Yeah, you're gone. Bye. Yeah. I said glacier at first. That's not right at all. They're hot. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, encountering animals in the wild is in itself awesome, but you have to be smart. It's like I was uh, photographing some moose up in Big Cottonwood Canyon at uh, Donut Falls earlier in the summer Mm -hmm. and I had my wildlife lens on 600 millimeter and I had it in the crop mode. So I was think I was at almost like 1200 shooting these moose from a distance because moose are dangerous animals, Mm -hmm. especially if you encounter a female with with, a a young one. Yeah. Um, And there was this gentleman up there with like a point and shoot consumer camera, like, you know, not a professional grade. No reach. No reach. And he keeps walking up closer and closer to him. I'm like, hey, dude, you might not. It's just a moose, man. I'm like, okay, well. They're scary. They're, they will attack you. They will stomp on you to death. Yeah. And that's the same with elk. Like elk are, I mean, they're not hunting humans, but they're territorial. And they are these male animals that are territorial and they will come after you and those horns yep. they're on them for a reason That's or not horns use. um antlers antlers and, and they'll use them oh they yeah don't care yeah and like you said the people in yellowstone that mm-hmm. go up to the bear a big one that i always see here in utah is we have a, a park called uh, antelope island and Antelope Island is named such because there's antelope on the island, but the main animal that people are attracted to on this island are the bison, uh, bison or the quote-unquote American buffalo. And the, you will find these people getting out of their cars, walking up to these enormous... If, if you've never seen a bison... In person. In person. They're a huge animal. And... They can run up to 35 miles an hour. And you get these people that approach them 
with no more than 50 feet between them and the bison or if not closer. Yep. And I'm like, you guys don't like, please. And then you see like all those videos of people being like gored by bison and thrown. Oh yeah. Straight up like thrown in the air. They get hit and it's like, oh my God. I guess I eat that one of the kid in Yellowstone where the parents just like book it, leave the kid and the kid goes pew flying the other direction. I was like, oh my God kid was fine but like they they will freaking throw you they don't care they don't they don't man people do some stupid things around animals it's like people that try and catch rattlesnakes and stuff that's that's rattlesnakes my two animals that i do not want to encounter in the wild are um the cougar i never want to encounter a cougar because i think again it will just sense this isn't a cat person i'm gonna get you (laughs) And rattlesnakes. I'm terrified of rattlesnakes. That is an irrational fear of mine because most rattlesnakes are going to leave you alone. We ran into a few on um, the living room trail. You didn't see any of them, did you? I didn't. You guys kept saying, there they are. And I was like, where? And you're like, it's in the bush now. I'm like, I'll never see it now. And I have the eyeballs for them. I always find them. I don't know why people walk right past them. I'm like, there's a rattlesnake right there. It's, like who? I'm also completely oblivious, though. I think I'm just scared because I don't want to step on one yeah. or something like that. You're I had just a, extra aware. Yeah, I had a very close call on rattlesnake uh, gulch. I remember I went with a friend of mine, and it was me, uh, my friend Craig, um, my ex-wife, my two dogs, and my dad. And this friend of mine, I had told him, dude, we're on a trail called Rattlesnake Gulch and it's called Rattlesnake Gulch for a reason. There's a lot of snakes on this side of the mountain. Oh, okay. No big deal. I'm like, well, if we run into one, what I want you to do is don't freak out. Back away from, if it's rattling, it's warning. It's about, it could strike back away. Be very cautious. Don't do extreme movements. Don't try and kick, throw, anything. Did the exact opposite. Nearly pushed me down the hillside. Yeah. Screamed, yelled, ran. Ran right into you, ran past you. Yep, and I I like grabbed the two dogs. like Because if they get bit, they're... They're gone. They're goners because they're smaller dogs. And yeah. But that's that's one of the dogs right there. They just made a, <laughs> a snoring. snoring noise. Anyways, um, yeah, that's our little Zion adventure and a little bit of a holiday fun. Yeah. We hope you all out there have a wonderful, safe holiday. Um, please, in this upcoming days, a lot of people are off work. A lot of people are partying. Party for New Year's responsibly. Yes. Do not drink and drive or do any stupid stuff like that. And if you're out in nature, be respectful of all the animals and hypervigilant and aware and be safe. Definitely. Anyways, thanks for listening to the latest episode. And as always, be happy, humble, and humorous and treat each other kindly out there. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya. <laughs>